Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that person that thinks the public bathroom is a good place for a conversation, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And in the trenches with me today, I've got a really cool guest. Uh, he works at the Tacoma Community College in Tacoma, Washington. He's a podcaster at the Brothers of Ash podcast Mr. Jack Barry, I'm not even going to try to say your middle name because I see it on <laughs> Facebook and I'm not even going to try. So why don't you give me just a quick pronunciation of how you say your middle name, man? Yeah, so that it's actually like it's not even my middle name. It's like my second last name. Oh, uh, okay. long story behind that, but it's uh, Velkovich. Velkovich. OK, yeah, Velkovich. So that sounds a lot simpler than it looks. Yeah. It's it's Serbian, so you kind of have to the J and the K are kind of like tied, but yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, um, before we get going here, let's just kind of just jump into who you are. Give us just a short bio of uh, just you, what you do, what you do for a living. Uh, maybe a fun fact. Yeah. I don't know, something you pull out at parties. Just just give us a small bio of you, man. Yeah. So uh, Jack Barry, I work at uh, Tacoma Community College here in Tacoma. Uh, I've been here in Tacoma. I've been on and off. I went back and forth between Eastern Washington or Eastern Central Washington and here in Tacoma. But uh, I work there at TCC. I'm an outreach, uh, outreach and recruitment specialist. So I work mostly with vets. So I went on base today, uh, kind of recruiting and helping out vets who want to go back to school. Uh, who are looking into that. And then I also help uh, adult learners, basically any non-traditional student I help out uh, to enroll at the college right. and help them out through that process. Um, single, never been married, don't have any kids, uh, live here. Uh, I actually just bought this house that I live in uh, not too long ago. So last September, I bought this house right. and um, go to Resurrection Church in Tacoma uh, I serve there either serving communion or I help with doing baptisms. Uh, I also host a discipleship group with a, a men's only focus. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I do that here at my house uh, every Tuesday as well, too. Right uh, but have been through different leadership positions in the church as well, too, uh, in Tacoma. And then also in Ellensburg, where I used to live at. So, so cool. All right. So. Specifically with your job there at the college, working with vets and uh, kind of non-traditional students, as you said. Um, yeah. How did how did you get into that job? Is that something that was just kind of open? You applied for it and boom, you got it? Or or is that something that you were like specifically, specifically looking to get into? No. So uh, I transitioned off of staff. I was on staff at Resurrection Church from 2000, beginning of 2017 to June 2018. Uh, there was some reconsolidation that happened there. And so... Uh, yeah. My position got reconsolidated into a bigger position. And so uh, I was kind of out of a job at that point. But I worked at Yakima Valley College for about two years before I moved back to Tacoma. And I was doing mostly financial aid work with uh, veterans and non-traditional students there. So that's kind of how I got into that kind of line of work. So cool. cool. What, what would you say is, you know, uh, it sounds like you're 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 definitely working with a group of people that has that is v very diverse for yeah. sure. So so what's yeah. something what's yeah what's uh what do you find to be the best 
part of that job for you? And then on the flip side, what's something that that might might just kind of grind your gears a little bit? Yeah, I would say uh, the first part is just uh, being a face that helps out. A lot of people don't have that person that they can go to and talk to about uh, just enrolling into college or programs mm-hmm. or anything or just kind of get their gripes out there. Sure. And so I kind of facilitate as that person. So that kind of helps out a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Uh, just going on base and showing up to a workshop where none of the other colleges are at, um, yeah. I can just show up and say, hey, th- these are our resources. This is what I can help you out with. So that that's one kind of uh, interesting thing or kind of uh, alleviating thing to a lot of students that I work with. Mm. Um, the, the, the difficult thing is uh, walking them through the process. Uh, the state of Washington does not help us out as far as like helping us with the process of enrollment because they've kind of tied our hands as far as uh, the application process and everything like that, because we're on the state run mm-hmm. system. We're not on our own sure. system. Sure. And so uh, I have to, if they can't log in to their application, uh, I have to kind of do that runaround and I don't right. want to do that with those students. And so that's kind of the tough part about my job. Sure. Um, and so, sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, who knew the tough part of the the job is politics, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty, it's pretty funny because I tell a lot of, I tell my director and a lot of my coworkers that they should start giving into liberal or not liberalism, but libertarianism. Yes. Of, uh, because of all the hams, the, the hamstrings that we have to right. get through and everything. So. Small government equals easier application. Yeah, right? pretty much. So, oh, man, that's awesome, man. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so give us uh, just a little insight on uh, how Christ found you, how yeah. you came to Christ. Um, uh, you've been working in ministry uh, for a while and doing a bunch of different stuff there. Uh, just, yeah, just, just run us through kind of your, your, your testimony a little bit. Yeah, so didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, my family is all from Cleveland, Ohio. My dad moved out here when he got out of the Navy. Uh, and then his stepdad actually got murdered, like right when he got out of the Navy. Whoa. And so, yeah, so my grandmother moved with my mom and dad out here back in the mid-70s in Ellensburg, Washington. And uh, they'd been out there. They never very deistic, very vague deism. I grew up okay. in that kind of uh, setting, but nothing that preached uh, Christ crucified uh, kind of got my understanding from Christianity, maybe from culture or movies, but yeah. And some friends inviting me here and there, but nothing that I could put my finger on until uh, my sister became a believer when I was in high school or when I was in middle school, I should say. Okay. Uh, so early two thousands, uh, and then I didn't come to, I mean, I basically was kind of right my senior year of high school leading up until my freshman year of college. Yeah. Pretty much the typical atypical thing, uh, was partying a lot, um, with my friends and whatnot. And then, uh, was kind of at the end of my string, until this guy who worked with Campus Crusade for Christ, who was a staff member there, just started yeah. sharing the gospel with me, had a conversation, started sharing the gospel. Um, 
I came to faith that day. Uh, it was pretty incredible that that happens. Most people, it usually, a lot of the stories that I hear about, it's usually them looking at the scriptures uh, in their own private time. Sure. But uh, he shared the gospel with me. It was clear and concise and uh, basically said, yes, I trust in Christ and want to be associated with him. Right. And so, um, yeah, that, that changed a lot of things, especially in my family at the, at that time when I came to Christ, uh, it was everybody in my family, my mom, my sister uh, were already Christians, my dad and I were not. And so when I came to Christ, that dynamic was different and sure, sure. my dad thought I joined a cult. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah my, my dad thought I joined a cult. Um, was really kind of uh, upset with me. And it took us about a couple weeks to reconcile that out again. Um, but yeah, it was very, um, ever since then, got plugged into Campus Crusade. Uh, Chris, the guy who uh, led me to the Lord, uh, he became my discipler until a couple other guys uh, switched out. He moved to Spokane, but another guy, John, discipled me as well, too. And okay. so, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I came to Christ and then really just started to, I mean, I really didn't, it was just basically me looking at the Bible, uh, yeah. trying to understand theology and practice and what does that look like. And so uh, when I talked to people about that, I talked to him saying, I don't have any background. Like I was basically right. like, um, right. like a, a Justin Martyr, you know, if sure. you know, in which, you know, a guy, he basically was on a beach one day back in the early, back in the early days. And some old man witnessed to him and be, he became a Christian through that. So, uh, right. and then turned into a theology nerd. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how I kind of short story of how I came to Christ. So yeah, cool man. Oh, that's awesome. It's always it's always what one of the one of my favorite parts of this podcast is hearing how everyone's story is different, right? Yeah. The end result's the same, but just how God uses some means and sometimes some whacked out crazy means yeah. of getting the gospel to people. It's always it's always so cool. So uh, you're going to Resurrection Church, right? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so going to Resurrection Church. Um, What's one aspect of Resurrection Church, if you were really going to narrow it down to perhaps, and it's probably hard to just do one, but just one, uh, one aspect of your church that you really, really appreciate, you really, really value, what what would that be? I would say our focus on discipleship. Uh, mm. Our focus is very upfront about discipleship and trying to get people in some sort of discipleship group. Uh, yeah. Whether that be uh, we have a co we have co-ed groups we have men's groups like mine uh, we yeah. also have women's groups and so our focus is really uh, at Resurrection Church on discipleship mm -hmm. uh, and building one another in that uh, yeah. and you know if you don't have discipleship you're not going to mature you're not going to have mature believers suss that out a little bit in terms of. Why, you know, if you were, if you're going to give a layman's definition of why discipleship is important in the church, because it is yeah. something, especially out here in the Pacific Northwest, it's, it's lacking yeah. in so many churches, yeah. right? So just the basic question, why is discipleship important? What happens if discipleship isn't, isn't there? Yeah, I would say it matures you as a believer, 
Right. Um, you have somebody usually, uh, it's kind of what we talk about. Uh, I just, we just talked about this at one of my classes at Western seminary that I go to, but it's, uh, it's kind of this symphonic theology in the sense that you get perspectives and you get themes. You mm -hmm. also have, uh, the Bible to lead you in those perspectives and themes to check you on that. And yeah. so when you have that, you're kind of getting this more um, robust view of what it means to be a Christian. It's important because, A, um, you don't want to be heretical. <laughs> right. Um, you want to learn what the Bible teaches you, what Christ taught, um, yep. what the apostles taught us, what the early church fathers taught us, everything. You don't want to be heretical. You want to learn what it means to be a Christian and how to live that out. And so discipleship that could look very differently. It could look in a group. Uh, and so we kind of focus on more group discipleship, which I think yeah. that's the more applicable thing. But then you have one-on-one -on -one conversations and relationships with, with people in the church, and you're still technically in discipleship, you know, with those other one-on-one -on -one relationships that you have. And so right. um, you're getting, um, you're getting molded, uh, you're getting molded by the Holy Spirit through other believers in right. that sense through discipleship. So, right. Yeah. And that's where the accountability comes from, right? Yeah. Like, like, like if we're, if we're, if we're acting out in a way that's, that's wrong, God's going to use those people around us to kind of slap us back into shape. And, yeah. you know, there's that, that molding, like you were talking about. That's great. Um, so you already talked about some ways you're serving in church, helping serve communion, serving, uh, you know, doing some uh, Bible study, small groups, things of that sort. Um, yeah. In, in what ways does resurrection there, what ways does the church um, really facilitate and encourage service and getting plugged in? Yeah, I would say that it's um, it's not, we try not, and I was in this role too of kind of, uh, at one point we were part of a large church, AKA Mars Hill. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that model of service looked more like it's your duty. It's your obligation versus yeah. I think now how we go about service is no, it's, uh, it shouldn't be your duty or your obligation. It should be your joy, uh, to do this. It should be, uh, something that you look at in which you're helping, uh, your brothers and sisters do that you're right. loving your neighbors in this way, that you're loving your family in this way, that you're part of a family. And so we kind of go about it. We're slowly getting into that. I don't think we've perfected that by any means, but um, we're trying to go about it in that sense. We're part mm -hmm. of a family and you're part of a smaller uh, dynamic uh, familial aspect in which you're serving the church Right. And so, and you're getting to know people that practical discipleship is happening in serving, uh, right. in greeting people in the morning in um, I don't know, cleaning, doing security, everything. Discipleship yeah. is still happening in those ways. And which other people think that's not really discipleship. That's just a duty or an obligation that I do. But sure. there's no, sure. that's, you're still, that's still discipleship that's happening while you're serving the church. And so we kind of go about it in those ways. Yeah. So, you know, talking and you touched on a little bit, just kind of the different dynamics of uh, the reasonings and the motives behind service. 
in the local church and how yeah. there's good there's good reasons to serve there's bad reasons to serve right and yeah the church you came from perhaps had kind of a bad reason it's out of yeah. obligation right um and i mean they had other things going on there too for sure but yeah <laughs> but that's just right that's that's another podcast for another day yeah <laughs> um, but when you think about good and bad reasons or good and bad attitudes uh good and bad motives for getting plugged in and serving in churches on both sides of those those issues, what are those, do you think? Well, the good, I would say the good side of those things is you're serving your family. Um, you're, you're serving your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, you are showing that uh, you're willing to lay down your life uh, for your family in these yeah. little small ways. Uh, that you're willing to put aside you and not be selfish and look at the bigger picture. Um, I would say those are the good things to hold on to. Uh, I would say the bad things is just like you feel guilted into it. Um, Mm. You feel like serving is, like I said, uh, an obligation or a duty or um, I think something along those lines, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's kind of the bad thing about it. You you treat serving as like if I don't do this, then God will love sure. me less or something along those lines. So Yeah. Yeah, got it. Yeah. No, no. I yeah, I agree completely. And you know, especially you being in ministry and involved in your church here in the Pacific Northwest specifically. Uh cuz I know it's not it's not the same across across the country, but but sp- specifically where we are at. Mm-hmm. What do you think our you know, our, our little Seattleite culture that we yeah. have kind of spreading through Washington. What do you think the culture's attitude is of service in church? Like just the modern day churches that are around us today, where is service in the, the hierarchy of what's important? And, and you think it's high, you think it's low. And why do you think that is either way? Yeah. I think it's low. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's low because we have, uh, our values are skewed, um, mm, not only in the right. Northwest, but I think around our nation, our values, yeah. uh, are more along the lines of, you need to serve me. I don't need to serve others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so consumerism kind of creeps into the church that way. And then yeah. we start to compartmentalize, uh, a Sunday service or a gathering or assembly of believers in the sense mm. that this is my time. This is my time with Jesus. And no, I don't sure. want I don't want anybody else messing that up. And so versus when you're serving, you can you're practically living out uh the life in which Christ embodied to that way. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you encourage the everyday Christian, you know, whether they're in church leadership or not, right? Because this is yeah. this is an an epidemic that is surrounding us right now, is just this culture of this culture of self. And just kind of this, just everything's about us, right? Everything's meant to entertain us, to satisfy us, to fulfill us somehow. Yeah. How do we start to change that culture in our churches? What do you think are some of the necessary steps that we need to take to start making less of ourselves and more of Christ, I guess, basically at the end of the day? Well, I mean, repentance is always good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, that helps, uh, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of high on the list. Nothing nothing straightens you out, you know, by the Holy Spirit than repenting. Um, 
confess. Uh, Jack, I mean, I, aren't you aware, Jack? After at, like after you become a Christian, you don't need to repent anymore. Repentance isn't that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going into Stephen Anderson zone now, right now. Oh, don't get me going on Stephen Anderson. Uh, oh my goodness. Honestly, I think part of it is just uh, I don't know. I take the approach of looking at uh, kind of more examples from the early church and what that Mm. looked like. Um, And so what that looks like to me is um, how do we fix uh, the issues that we're dealing with now? I would say, and another guy that I read a lot is uh, James K.A. Smith or Jamie Smith. He says this a lot too about how you witness to secularism within your culture is uh, you need to take people back to the ancient ways of doing things. Um, in the sense that we need to look back at the early church and focus on how they were familial and they did share things with one another and they cared for one another in these various different ways that you see not only in Acts, uh, but you also see throughout the the early church fathers' writings and how they talk about the church and how they defend the church against people that are bad-mouthing the church. Well, yeah, and, and when we do that, it will reveal to us very quickly what the ancient ways considered as primary and most important. Yeah. Right? It's going to yeah. it's going to reveal that God that the gospel and the centrality of scripture is what they held higher than anything, right? Yeah. And they 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 bent their wills and their preferences and their their thoughts and their desires and their lives, their, their, their very lives to that cause. Right. And it's very different than what we have today. Yeah. And I mean, it it gives you a better view of theology in my, in my opinion. I mean, right Mm -hmm. now the modern, the modern evangelical church does not know. They don't, I mean, nobody within the modern evangelical church does not know how to describe the Trinity without being slightly heretical. Without without either water or an egg, without, right? Or, or without a the, yeah, without the modalism. Uh, yeah, that's modalism, I Patrick. Mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, without the modalism or the tritheism kind of stuff, and it's like, right. uh, yeah. guys like Athanasius uh, have way better ways of explaining the Trinity than any other modern theologian would. Yeah, we need to not be afraid of mystery. Yeah. Right. As as Christians, I mean, just just kind of an offshoot topic like mystery is something that's going to be there. Yeah, because we're dealing with God. <laughs> you know, we can't comprehend that. Right. So that's sorry. Sorry. I, I, I hijacked that. Go for it. No. So, yeah. So like guys like Athanasius, really good at understanding the Trinity. Um, other Cappadocian fathers, uh, they talked about how you love and uh, even how you preach. Uh, John Mm. Chrysostom is like one of the best preachers that we could learn from uh, in the early church. And most Mm. guys aren't even going back that far. They're going back maybe to, I don't know, maybe the turn of the 20th century. And that's about it as far as church history goes. So, well, and, and even those of us who are like, you know, within the reform camp, like we, we go back to 1517, like we go back yeah. to Martin Luther and not much farther back, yeah. you know, like we'll reference the martyrs for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's usually that like we even only go back usually to Martin Luther. Yeah. If we look at examples from the ancient ways of how the early first, second century church looked at things, 
you're going to start to maybe combat the issues that you have of consumerism and uh, how you look at the, how you look at the sacraments or the ordinances, how you look at certain things. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think looking back, we'll, we'll find a lot of wisdom there for sure. Um, So when you think about, you know, and part of the reason I enjoy looking back is because I look at the strength uh, that obviously came from God, um, but the strength that he gave those men and women who stood up yeah. for their faith, you know, the martyrs and the, the early church fathers. And it's amazing. It's inspiring to me, right? It gives yeah. me hope that God can use me like that too, right? Um, so when you think about Christians in your life, either that are around you right now in church um, or Christians that you've read or or listened to on the radio or podcast, whatever it is, uh, when you think about those Christians that inspire you to follow Christ faster and harder than you do now, you want to be more like Christ. Who are those Christians for you, and what are the traits that they possess that mm. that really cause you to have that desire? I would say um, local. I mean, guys within my local church who are uh, right on, like, like who are dads. Um, a lot of my pastors. I mean, the pastor who lives down the street from me, I would say he's probably the number one guy that I look to uh, as far as like wanting to be more like who who pushes me a lot in just following Christ. And so um, as far as more well-known guys, um, I mean, one guy that really always encourages me, I think he might encourage a lot of people too, is Pat. Pastor Pat out there in uh, oh yeah out there in Geneva uh, yeah. or uh, Re- Redeemer Fellowship with Jimmy and Joe. I am not on. I like Pat a lot because I've talked to Pat a lot, and he's always yeah. um, he's always asking. He's always wanting to. He's very personable. Yeah, he is. And those yeah. kind of those kind of traits are like how am I how am I welcoming people. When mm-hmm. I talk to people, how am I uh, being Christ-like in that way and not yeah. being uh, a jerk or something along those lines? And so I think right. Pat... Well, you talk to Pat and you just feel like bearing your soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, Pat, are you ready for this? Because like, I feel like talking and it's going to all come out here, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think Pat has a certain disposition about him in which uh, it helps out yeah, a lot. More well-known guys... Um, yeah. Yeah. Do I like stuff from guys in the modern day? Yeah, of course I do. But um, well, well, in, in all honesty, Jack, like I there's nothing more encouraging to me when I hear people talk about their pastors. Yeah. Right. Because I look, I, I enjoy all of the modern day guys. You know, they've they've been instrumental in forming my my theology for sure. Um but they aren't discipling me. Yeah. They aren't the ones that are calling me and texting me every day to see how I'm doing. Yeah. They're not the ones that I'm going to go to when I'm struggling. Yeah. Right. Um, they aren't going to be the ones. And, and we, it's, it's funny is that, uh, you know, us in the reform world where we, we bash the, uh, the Catholic relics so much when in yeah. fact, if we were going to take an honest look at ourselves, like just honestly on the table here, I think perhaps we have made relics of some, of some men. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's the, it's the, it's the everyday pastors that are investing in my life. Those are the ones that inspire me. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm right with you. Yeah. It's the every, it's, it's guys who I'm, who I'm, like you said, in the trenches with every single day. Yep. Cause that's going to make yep. a difference. Guys who inspire me are the guys who I'm, 
I'm in community with and uh, being yep. discipled by. So, yeah, I could not agree anymore. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's very encouraging. So, Jack, being in ministry, um, anybody who's been in any type of ministry knows that you have those stories, man. You get the unforgettable <laughs> moments, the awkward, funny stories that uh, we only tell to a select group of people or on a public podcast, right? <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> yeah. So what – I know you got at least one, brother. Give me um, one of those unforgettable mm-hmm. moments, those unforgettable or funniest church experiences you've ever had. Probably uh, insecurity. Uh, yes. Insecurity, there has been – there was a couple incidents where right where our church is at, uh, our church building is at, is located in a part of Tacoma where it used to be really seedy back in the 90s. It's right next to a public park. There was one guy, it was one of my pastor's first days uh, when we moved into this church building back when we were Marcel Church. And um, it was the weirdest thing ever. Like I stood at the top of, because when you walk in to the to the church building, you have to walk up a flight of stairs and then that's the lobby. And then that's where the sanctuary is at and everything like that. So you got to walk up like this small flight of stairs. And so it was odd. He's walking up the stairs and I'm at the top of the stairs looking at this guy because his interaction is kind of off to me. And uh, he stops at the top of the stairs and like stands there for maybe like 20, 30 seconds, looks back down at my pastor and it's his first day um greeting people at the front door and this guy goes straight up to joel pastor joel and says like something along the lines of like i'm the resurrection and the rock like completely mental like completely out there like super like this is straight up demonic stuff going on here um oh man so i and he he won't let off like he won't let off that gas pedal Right. It's telling that to Joel and Joel is probably one of the most calmest, kindest men that I've known in my life. And with his hands behind his back, he's just like, he's shaking his head and he's just going, no, that's blasphemy. That's heresy. And just like oh. keeps on that. And I'm like, this is going to like, this is going to be like a powder <laughs> keg right here. And so I get, go down the stairs and I kind of get in between him and Joel and like, I'm like, Hey, you're not welcome to say that here. And so you are either going to leave or you're going to repent. And he reeks of alcohol. Like he reeks oh, yeah. of Jack Daniels. And so uh, <laughs> we escort him out. And then he starts getting into a fight with me and a couple of other guys on security. And then he gets into a fight with some more. Uh, a guy. So we have a pretty big uh, military population at our church. One of the guys sure. who was in uh, one of the military, one of the army units, one of the ranger battalions, chokes him out at one point, like rear naked <laughs> chokes him. Um, yes, I get, love it. Only, shirts, only at Mars Hill. Shirts, will this happen? Shirts are getting like ripped off and like everything. <laughs> he starts like going around the church building. Next thing you know, he like pulls out a Bible and starts like re- like rebuking us. Like I have no clue to this day. That has to be one of the most insane things that has happened yes. at a church that I've ever been to. 
Like, that gives like a whole new meaning of being drunk in the spirit. Yeah, like, that's that's he, he was literally, <laughs> literally drunk in the yeah. in the spirits. Yeah, in the spirits. Yeah, in the spirits. I would say yes. So. <laughs> drunk in the spirits. So that's nuts, man. Oh man, yeah, that's that's up there. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of those like one off things where you're like, this is never nothing's topping this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Jack, um, we are almost out of time, man. But uh, before we get going, we're going to hit the Monday hot takes. And uh, this is the part of the podcast where I ask you a bunch of random questions and you give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready uh, for these? Yeah. Lightning round. All right. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. You got it. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, what is uh, one thing about current Christian culture that's annoying to you? Uh, the way we do worship feels like a okay. rock concert. Yes. All right. Uh, oddly enough, I haven't gotten many takers for this question yet, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because you seem like the guy that's going to answer it. Yeah. All right. If you could send three people in a rocket up to space with the exact, with the express knowledge that you knew they weren't coming back, which people would they be? Three people. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, (laughs) I would like to say our current president right now. (laughs) He's probably one of them. Uh, I would like to say all of them are some sort of politician of that kind. All I'll right. just leave it at that. Um, yeah. All of them are politicians and yeah, okay. they just need to, that and maybe two of them are politicians and maybe one of them is Andy Stanley. I don't know. I'm just going to oh, yes. a little bit. I'm going to stoke the fire a little bit on that one. So I love it. That's good stuff. All right. We, we, we'll take that as an answer. That's the, that, that's better than any answer I've gotten on that yet. All right. Uh, if you could close one fast food chain, which one would it be? I would, I would have to say, I, honestly, I would have to say Burger King. Uh, let's see. What's something that you've tried that you will never, ever try again? Man, these are really hot takes right now. These are deep cuts. Uh, these are deep cuts. Jeez. Uh, I, I purposely do not go on like Spirit Airlines because I know that somehow – that is going to be the worst experience of my life. So even though I haven't experienced it, I will probably never go on Spirit Airlines. So, uh, what what's the worst part about being a guest on a podcast? Getting grilled like this on the spot. I, I, don't, have, I, I don't have answers. They're right in front of me. Uh, yeah, I know. That's, it. I love that's it. the hard part. Yeah, hey, that's right. That's why they're hot takes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Uh, what is one trend? that you would like to see come back that has died out? Oh, man. One trend. Parachute pants. Oh. (laughs) Mercy, no. Um, Definitely. Okay. I would trust politicians more if they looked more like me, meaning like they look like Rutherford B. Hayes, long beard. Jeremiah Johnson. You had more politicians that had beards, like I may trust them a little bit more, you know, in my voting process. I'm just saying that needs to come back. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Well, Jack, it has been a pleasure having you on, man. It's been so much fun. I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely. It's been an honor.
Thanks, John. All right. Oh, hey, before we go, uh, tell the listeners where they can find your podcast. Yeah, so you can find us. Uh, we do. It's called Brothers of Ash. Myself, uh, my friends Byron and Chad uh, do this podcast called Brothers of Ash. Find us on Instagram. I think it's just one word, uh, Brothers of Ash. Or you can find us on Twitter, at Brothers of Ash. Or you can find me on, on Instagram, which is probably the most unique at ampersand whatever tagged name ever i am unwavering jackness on instagram and i think that and for literally for the <laughs> longest time i didn't think it was jackness yep. like i thought it was straight up unwavering jackass yep. and i was and then i saw the n yeah. It's like, oh, it's Jackness. Okay. So that's where you can find us. Well, cool. And that's where you can find me if you want to chat or anything like that. So, yeah. All right. Right on. Yep. Everyone go listen to the Brothers of Ash podcast. Good theology. Good stuff. I highly recommend it. Um, and hey, you guys can uh, head over to iTunes and leave a raving review, five star rating. We really appreciate that. That's how the word gets out. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We are there. Head on over to facebook.com slash everyday Monday podcast and Instagram at everyday a Monday pod. And thank you all for joining us in the trenches today. And we will catch you next week on the next step of everyday a Monday.